Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host, Sebastian. Hello, hello. And Steve might randomly show up. We will see. But you know us. We're just a couple goalies and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. We mostly cover the NHL, but we'll also discuss other happenings around the hockey world. So be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let us know what you think. Also, be sure to comment and share any hockey news or highlights we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So, Sebastian, right now, Steve is MIA. We will see if he randomly pops on. So if he does, you will hear that. We're going to start by talking about a couple of USPHL games that happened this week. And I will quickly touch on, because we didn't have this planned, but it's been such a good couple games. I want to bring up Pueblo Bulls and the Northern Colorado Eagles. So I watched a game. So today we're recording on Thursday, February 18th. So this game was on Wednesday, February 17th. I think Northern Colorado has been on the road and just playing back to back to back to back games. I think they're they're crushing it right now. So, you know, good, good job there, boys. But uh, Pueblo definitely made them pay on Wednesday night. Really good, feisty, nasty game. And then ultimately, uh, Blake Sprow uh, got the shutout. So, you know, shout out there on the shutout for Blake Sprow. That was a really excellent performance by him as he, uh, you know, kept the goose egg up there. And then today's game, which I was super excited to watch, basically right after the Ogden Mustangs game, we'll talk about uh, in, a, in a later podcast. But Pueblo and Northern Colorado faced off again today, and it was a super tight game. And I'm telling you, man. <laughs> These games are excellent. So Alexander Denis actually for Pueblo got uh, both the goals for Pueblo. Uh, this is a very short game. And honestly, I was looking forward to the shutout because Houston was just, I think Alexander's his first name, Alexander Houston. I got to scroll down. Yeah, Alexander Houston, up to this point, less than a minute to go, 43 saves. The kid's been on fire. And then 27 seconds left, man. Come on. Uh, not him. I'm... I'm calling out Xavier on this one, you know, for Like, Unless you guys plan on winning the game, don't steal the shutout that close. I don't care. <laughs> I, know, I know that's from some level of pride because Northern Colorado had already gotten shut out the game before. But put that goal in net like in the first period of the game, not 27 seconds left to go in the game. That was heartbreaking for me as a goalie. I felt there for Houston. He had such a good game and I've had those games, man. I've had those games where I, uh, they suck okay they suck <laughs> so well, now that we've had congratulations the to 410 on stealing the shutout from houston but now, now that we've had the goalies perspective we can go to the players perspective why don't you wait till there's one second left and really break his heart come on now i've had that and, you, know, <laughs> you know what <laughs> you uh but <laughs> it's like no that's uh that's how i felt when that goal went in i literally cussed at the television i'm like it's a heartbreaker that's a heartbreaker it really <laughs> it is because he had such it's not was it wasn't like it was a 15 save shutout dude made 43 saves like oh god that sucked but you know what at the end of the day really good couple games there between pueblo and northern colorado i think you and i were talking before we started this podcast where i cover the ogden mustangs a lot because i live 10 minutes from the arena but over the course of a lot of these games, a lot of these series, Utah, Provo, Pueblo, Northern Colorado, the only teams we can play this year. I've gotten to know these other players from watching them pretty well. So it's guys like uh, Benjamin St. Ange, like, dude, what a beast. Like, if you're not a 
if you're a hockey team out there and you're not trying to recruit this guy to be up on your team, because uh, I think he's Canadian. I'm pretty confident he's from Quebec. Yeah, he was from Quebec when last time we looked. Yeah, and so if you're if you're one of the Canadian colleges or shoot, man, if I'm an, if I'm one of the U.S. colleges, I'm I'm going I'm going after this guy. He's talented. I mean, I think he's just a super skilled player. You know, when you're facing Pueblo, you're gonna hear Benjamin Saint Ange. <laughs> yeah, it's it, there's guys that just stand out. So it's been really fun watching these teams. There's some there's some excellent talent here in the USPHL and especially here in the Mountain Division. And uh, I'm excited to see each one of these guys, whether they're Ogden or or Provo or Utah or Pueblo or Northern Colorado move on and see what they do in, in their hockey careers. So I'll be, I'll be paying attention. That's for sure. But we want to talk about another USPHL game on this podcast. And this one's actually not out of the mountain division. This one's out of the NCDC or the national collegiate development conference, more towards the East coast there, New England area of the United States. And so this is a game between the Islanders Hockey Club and the Connecticut Junior Rangers. It actually occurred on Tuesday, February 16th, and I just happened to catch the game because I watch a lot of hockey. Honestly, if you could see the screenshot of the amount of games I watch on hockey TV, it's a lot. (laughs) And this game just stood out. It was a really entertaining game, and I wanted to talk about it. And I know you also got a chance to take a look at the game, see some of the highlights, and we're just going to jump into it here. In net, you had William Nebview, a 19-year-old out of Oka, Quebec. And if I'm correct, you stated that Oka is kind of like the Wisconsin of Canada. Yeah, they're known for the Oka cheese. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with the Oka cheese. And when you said that before the podcast, I'm like, that's right. Because <laughs> I did live in Ontario for four years, so I'm, I'm definitely familiar with it. And then in net, there was Jill Sharp, the 19-year-old out of Natick, Massachusetts. First period. Off the draw, Tyler Sedlak, the 20-year-old out of Weisskopf, New Jersey, puts it past Charles, make it one nothing. Yeah, and I mean, that was a great face-off win, super clean, but not sure why he had so much time to shoot that puck. I think the defense kind of just froze there, and he just blasted one by him. Yeah, and that won't be the first time Tyler does that in this game. But you move on a little bit later in the game, the Isles get themselves into penalty trouble. And I think if you watch this game in full, the Isles gave up their goals on the power plays because oh, they spent just, i was gonna say they spent probably about 80 percent of the game on the pk it was awful yeah and so if they could keep themselves out of the box they might have had a little bit more success in this one but they're still a really good strong team but they got themselves into penalty trouble and that leads to the rangers first goal wyatt passed through the 19 year old out of darien connecticut basically what i say takes the third attempt at netview as netview scrambling and buries the loose puck to tie the game yeah, it's exactly that. I mean, he takes the first shot, and I think he gets a bit of a second whack out of it. He follows up and buries that chance, and that's just per se. He, he rewanted that. He committed to that chance, and, uh, you know, it, it it was a great goal for him. Yeah, it really was. But then just less than a minute later, on another beautiful passing play and a cross-ice feed, Connor Joyce, a 19-year-old out of Dedham, Massachusetts, makes no mistake and buries it 2-1. to one. Yeah, and this was just awesome puck movement on the power play. I believe that this power play, the reason why they were still in the power play is because there was a major for actually spearing. So, I mean, when you do something like that, the other team's going to make you pay, and that's what they did. They had some beautiful passing, and, uh, you know, puck ends up in the back of your net. Yeah, and the Rangers were definitely making a pay because the Isles just couldn't keep themselves out of the box. But that leads us into the second period where, off the draw, once again, Tyler Sedlak puts a floater into the net to tie the game at two. 
Yeah, to me, I, I think that the goalie um, woke up a little late for this play because uh, once it floats by him, you can tell he's a little confused and it wasn't the greatest shot. But again, maybe he just, you know, quick shot on top of him and he just wasn't expecting it. Yeah, and then, of course, the Islanders find themselves yet again in the box and trying to kill off another power play. But Connor Joyce picks up the rebound and puts in a nice five-hole shot and the Rangers take the lead back three to two. Yeah, and that's just another one, right? I mean, it's, it's they're just pouncing on the rebounds and you know, making them pay for it. Yes, they were. Uh, and then with just under five minutes remaining in the second, the Isles trying to kill off yet another power play. But Reed Miller, the 20-year-old out of Gilbert, Arizona, takes a shot from the point, and it deflects off a defender, I believe. And that would have made it 4-2. to two. Yeah, I mean, it's just a bad bounce. But again, uh, if I'm on the Isles coaching staff, I've got to, got to preach to the kids that they got to stay disciplined. I mean, the fact that we had to stay on the power play again for another goal, it's, it's just not working out for them. And, and, you know, as you can tell right now, as we're going through these goals, it's not looking like the game's going to be in their favor, but it's all because of their penalty trouble. So what do you say as a coach in a situation like this where basically you've given up all your goals on the power play? Honestly, I think you just got to calm the guys down. I mean, I think once you start getting power play and penalty trouble, sometimes, you know, it's warranted. Sometimes it's not. I mean, it's that's how the game goes sometimes. But, you know, I think that, you know, you're getting frustrated and you're getting these calls. And sometimes it could seem like the refs are completely against you. And I've been in those games where, you know, you feel like they're just targeting one team. And, you know, it, it does look like that sometimes, especially on the bench. But you just got to tell your kids to, you know, refresh. It's not it's not going to. It's not going to make your game go any further up if you're out there taking slashing penalties, hooking penalties, tripping penalties, whatever it is. It's just got to hit the reset button and we got to take it a goal at a time. As you move into the third, somebody took note there and Will Winship, the 20 year old out of Andover, Massachusetts, walks in on the power play and just risks a beauty and it pulls the aisles back within one. Yeah. And again, this is this is one where um, I think it just got on top of the goalie quicker than they expected because he just didn't seem ready. But again, the defense just kind of stood around and let this guy come in and take the shot. I mean, great shot. I mean, he beat the goalie with it. But again, I think this was just kind of catching the goalie and catching the defenseman sleeping and, uh, you know, got to make them pay when they do that. Yeah, you do. And then you move in about halfway through the third period. Uh, Chase Lammy, the 18-year-old out of Sudbury, Ontario, ties it for the aisles and proves the just put it towards a net goal as it bounced its way in. Yeah, like I say, pucks on net gets you paid, and that's exactly what he did. Put the puck on the net, and he always finds a way. It's either going to be a rebound or you're going to force something to happen. In this chance, he just puts the puck on net, and it goes right in. Yeah, and I'm just going to put a little uh, you know, public notice out there. Hey, Buffalo Sabres, if anybody on the staff or any one of the players is listening, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, especially if you start a whole third period on the power play. And then you finish the whole third period without getting one shot on net, you're going to lose the game. Just putting it out there. So put the puck on net. Learn a little bit here from our buddy Chase. Put the puck on net. A question before <laughs> we move on, though. Is that quote from um, Wayne Gretzky or is that from Michael Scott? Michael Scott quoting Wayne Gretzky, quoting Michael Scott. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, that means, Buffalo, you need to listen to that one because that's the real quote. That is. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm telling you, dude, I love that show. <laughs> we talked just over a minute later, Connor Joyce picks up the floating pass puck and completes his hat trick and puts the Rangers back up by one, five to four. Yeah, that pass was great. But the pass before, too, I was when I was watching this highlights, I was kind of wondering what was going on. They're doing a bit of a line change. It looks super slow and super sluggish. And the guy came off the bench like a bat at a you know where and just took that pass. And then, you know, went straight down the boards and then, you know, found the guy out front for basically an open net, basically, with a nice pass he made. And 
um, that to me was just a perfect, uh, you know, breakout, put the puck on the, on your, uh, on your teammate's stick and back of the net. Yeah, it was honestly, it was such a good game at this point. I, when, when the Rangers went up four to two, I'm like, okay, they're, I had a feeling that they were probably just going to run away with this game because the Isles weren't going to be able to keep themselves out of the box. But when the Isles got that quick one back, I'm like, okay, good, we're at a game. And then man, when, when Lammy scored that goal, I'm like, okay, this game is just locked my full attention. Because normally I watch games while I'm editing something or working on something. When Lammy scored that game tire, I just kind of turned my, my chair towards the TV. I'm like, okay, I need to stop everything else and just keep watching this game full time. Uh, and then Connor Joyce puts the Rangers back up by one. And I'm like, oh, let this thing keep happening. It honestly it was a really well-fought game after that. The Isles couldn't come back. They pulled the goalie in with only one second remaining. Wyatt Pastor picks up this his second of the game and buries an empty netter. And that was it, 6-4. to four. Yeah, and I mean, that, again, if for the Islanders, I think they just learned from this is, you know, try to stay a little bit more disciplined. Maybe don't let things get in your head when, you know, when the game seems to be against you. But uh, all in all, it was a great game, and uh, I, I would love to see a rematch between these two teams. Oh, yeah. I think they definitely face each other a lot, as most teams are doing that right now. And uh, I start to flag certain teams, start to learn with like which teams I like really enjoy watching. And there are a few out there that I really like watching. But uh, before I move into what teams I like watching, Netview had 27 of 32 and Sharps got 14 of 18. And yeah, so that's what the goalies did that game. But it was a really entertaining game. This was a fun one to watch. I see Canada is back on the board and I'm starting to see games come out of out of Canada again. And I was watching some games today, and that was fun. And I won't get into any of those, but here I was back on the Maritime Hockey League games as they started to pop up, and I just had a zone in there. And so what's it looking like there in the EOJHL? When, do you, when, is, when is it a potential for you boys to start up there? Yeah, um, so we're, we're back in on practice, and... Um, you know, I it was like I said before on the earlier podcast how excited I was and how excited the players were. And with basically having a two month break, uh, you couldn't tell. Uh, we were back on there. You know, as a coaching staff, uh, we basically try to give them, you know, the week to get their legs back underneath them and you know get the puck moving. But I think these guys were so excited that it just basically blew away any 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 you know time off they had. They were ready to go. All the rust fell right off. But as for games, you know, there was a meeting. I think I'm pretty sure it happened. This Tuesday just went by, and they're just trying to figure out game schedules. So hopefully we'll be back on the ice uh, game-wise either next weekend or the weekend after. But for saying for practice, as far as I know, all the teams are back at practicing. You know, the the players are are fired up. The coaches are fired up. And uh, I'm just super happy that hockey's back. And uh, as for games, I, I'm super excited, and I hope I hope everyone listening super excited too, to be so I can really be able to break down you know certain moments in in the EO and you know being on the bench, you know how you know how we look at it while we watch the game or how we look at it while we sit behind the bench, you know how the scenario might be different. And I'm I'm super excited to to get going again, and uh, uh, let's make up for some lost time here. Yeah, and I'm excited to start seeing some games pop up there. The one benefit, because there's not a lot, truthfully, to to what's happening with COVID. The one benefit is some of these seasons might extend a little bit longer past when they normally would have, so that you get hockey at all these weird times throughout the year. Because if you look at it, you know we cover a lot of a lot of hockey here, and I know our introduction. We normally say we mostly cover the NHL, but I want to say at this point we don't. <laughs> we t- we tend not to actually cover the NHL as much as maybe we did in the beginning, as we really started to take note of some of these leagues out there. And I mean, familiar with a lot of them, but even more familiar as we've created this podcast. And 
usually the only league that I could see outside of the normal, I guess, North American Russian flow was like in Australia with the Australian Ice Hockey League because I think they start in April and they end in September. So when when the rest of the leagues are basically wrapping up in April, May, June, the AIHL is getting started. So I always have hockey all year long, which is why I'm, you know, I personally consider myself a Sydney Bears fan. And but there's a lot of, you know, really cool teams there in the IHL. And of course, anybody who doesn't know, Nathan Walker came out of Australia and he won a Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals in 2018. Uh, so there's actually a lot of talented players over there in Australia. And I think it, we're going to look forward to watching some of these these leagues happen. But it isn't just going to be the AIHL this year. It's going to be all these leagues that are making up for lost time. And, and I'm glad you brought that up, actually. It's, it's funny enough. Uh We've got a player on our team who played for the Australian, I think it was the World Juniors, basically their equivalent. But he's from Australia and he lives here in Canada, uh, going to school here in Canada and plays in the EO with us. And, um, you know, it's it's fun talking to him and how the hockey culture has its differences, but also is very similar, um, you know, completely across the world. And, you know, how, how, you know, for us, if you think Australia, you don't really think of a hockey market, but then you hear about some of the crowds they draw in and it's like, wow, like hockey really is big everywhere. Like it's... I know every game is growing. Like you see, you know, um, basketball is really big in China, and they bring NBA games and stuff like that there. And you yeah. know, they're they're really trying to grow everywhere. But if, if you think about it, like hockey, like like Nick Antropov came from a country that has one rink, but they still produced an NHL hockey player. Like yeah. these, the, the thing is with hockey is is it's as much as as much as we think of as North America's game, this is really a worldwide game. It is, and I mean. I love following. I mean, everyone knows like the leagues in we got the obviously all the leagues here in the United States and Canada and Russia and Sweden and Finland and, you know, obviously the Czech Republic and Germany's on the way up. But there is hockey that's played everywhere. There's hockey played in England. There's hockey played in Australia. There's hockey played in Italy. There are hockey leagues in Africa. There are hockey leagues in Asia. If you go to South Korea, you can join a hockey team there. If you go to South Africa, you can join a hockey team there. And it's everywhere. It's it's literally anywhere you look, the sport is there and it is growing. And honestly, uh, and I've said it before on this podcast, when if you want to be a hockey fan in Canada or the northern states like Minnesota, New York, Maine, Massachusetts, Wisconsin, Michigan, it's not hard. It's everywhere. It's part of our culture. I'm from Niagara Falls, Buffalo. It's part of my culture. You're from Ottawa. It's part of your culture. It's just something that we we don't need to find. It's going to happen. Hockey's going to happen around you. If you're in Dallas, or if you're in Bangkok, or you're in Oxford, England, or Sydney, Australia, if you want to get into hockey, you've got to find it. You've got to find the people like you. You got to find the rinks near you. I like I said, I played in England and I lived. No kidding. I want to say 30 minutes from three different arenas, but not one of them was near me. I had a, there was either one in Milton Keynes, there was one in Coventry, and there was one in Oxford. And Oxford just happened to be the team that invited me out to be their goaltender. And I'm telling you, it's it's not a it's a it's not a massively popular sport over there, but it doesn't mean that it isn't popular. You know what I mean? It's 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 not it's not football over there and so to speak soccer north american listeners it's not football over there but there's a big hockey culture there and if you're at a hockey game in coventry or you're at a hockey game in sweden or switzerland you're not going to be sitting there quietly during the game no 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 no. 
you're going to be you're going to be doing the team chants and you're going to be cussing at the other team's fans. That's what it is about over there. It is about this group of people in the arena that are all stacked together because they are part of the away team's travel club and they are doing their chance the whole game so you can't let them get away with it in your home arena. So you're chanting the whole game. So it's it's a really different vibe, different culture over there. And it's honestly sometimes I think more exciting. I do appreciate a lot of the arenas around the United States and Canada. I had a blast at Capitals games, an absolute blast. And honestly, if it's a playoff Capitals game, you're not quiet that game. It's loud the whole game if you're sitting in the upper deck, FYI. And you nailed that right on the head. And I mean, I think it's, um, you know, the accessibility that hockey we have here in, in North America it's a blessing and a curse. Um, like for me, I'm a t- I'm 10 minutes walk away from the NHL arena, and I'm a 10 minute walk away from a four pad, I think yeah four pad hockey rink. So I mean like hockey's all around us. It's not hard to find. But again, sometimes it's almost like you go to games, and I mean as I'm an auto fan, so I think I have the right to say this. The auto fan base is a wishy washy fan base. If you're winning, they're behind you. If you're losing, it's going to be a hard go. But then you go to a country where maybe they have four or five rinks in the entire country and you go into a, you know, a professional league game, whatever league they're in. And like you said, the fans are chanting. It's they're on their feet the entire time. It's a party basically in the stands the entire time. And I think just because it's so hard to get to that, they appreciate it more. If you're a hockey fan in a place, like I'm just going to say Estonia, because it's one of the places that uh, <laughs> I might be in this year. And I was looking at like the, you know, the team out there in Tartu, Estonia. And I'm like, okay, it's the, Pretty small rink. It reminds me kind of Milton Keynes, England. And it's not it's not a team where I can buy the jersey online or anything. It's going to be one of those small club teams that you go there. You might be lucky to buy a jersey at the arena. You might m- probably have to order it. You do with the NWHL. I've always had to order my jerseys with the NWHL. I think with, I want to say, I think with Milton Keynes, I had to order it. With, with Coventry, I could actually get the player I wanted at the, like, the club stand because it's not a store it's like a stand inside the arena with the game happening where you're buying all the accessories that the team's selling and it looks like it's going to be that sort of atmosphere and when you're that passionate enough to buy your team's gear like if i go to tartu i'll probably become a fan of the team in tartu i'm telling you it's you're finding like-minded people that like the same sport you do and I think the passion comes off of that as well, because if you're at that game, either you're there to try to figure out what you're watching or you're there because you're a passionate hockey fan and you're there around other passionate hockey fans. You're not in a 20,000 seat arena where 50 percent of the arena is wearing a jersey. The other 50 percent is just kind of there or just enjoying it or they kind of like the sport. You know, this you're packed in there with two or three thousand like minded people in a much smaller venue and it just feels bigger. Oh, and it's true. I mean, and it's it's not only like you said you're packed in, but it's also it's just the the love of the game some some people there. And I mean, I've I've seen I was watching a documentary one time and I forget what the documentary is, but there was there was somewhere in England where they were basically showing a professional game there and it just it literally was basically you think you're at a concert, everyone's singing along to their chants. Not yep. a single person is sitting down. Everyone is standing up. I mean, it, it just looked like a great time. And I mean, um, you know, I, I when I was in, um, you know, when I was in college, I played some rugby uh, just because I want, you know, wanted to get some sports in. And I kind of got into that rugby culture, you know, watching rugby games. And it's the same thing. It's just that I think it's almost that like, you know, that European fat, that, that that European passion. It's just like they take everything, no matter what sport or event they're at, and it's just like 
everyone's just having a great time, you know? And I mean, I, I would love to, to go to rinks like that and take in some games and just be able to cheer for the home team and have, you know, have a blast. No, and they're an absolute blast. And I know we've talked about this in a previous podcast, but it is, it's a lot of fun. And that's why I think, you know, I might have to change the introduction to our, our podcast. Cause we, I, I think at this point we don't mostly cover the NHL. We honestly, I want to say we mostly cover the Mustangs, but <laughs> you know, but you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more passionate at this point. If I, you know, I said it to my wife, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago. I said, if I have the choice between watching the Mustangs on TV or watching the Sabres on TV, I'm going to lean towards watching the Mustangs on TV. I just feel in this case, they are my local team. I'm more passionate about watching them than I am my NHL squad. And no matter where you are, whether that's uh, because honestly, I know me and you have been doing research for an upcoming podcast or we're going to be ranking NCAA jerseys. So everyone be ready for that. That's probably going to be early to mid-March. But just jumping on these college sites, because sometimes it isn't so easy because I really did want to make sure I tried to cover every NCAA team when I did my research. So I had to figure out D1 and D3. And then in the men's side, there's like one conference of D2. It's weird. But and then on the women's side, there's no D2. It's just D1 and D3. But I, I wanted to make sure I looked at every team's jersey. And some of these teams, it's really hard to find their jersey after like three or four or five or six clicks. And sometimes on, uh, I just had to give up on them. But what I found was cool was jumping on all these college sites that have these women's and men's hockey teams. You're just seeing the athletes themselves, not from just hockey, but from all these other sports. Because you're, you're generally jumping on an athletic site and then going to hockey, men's, hockey, women's. It was just kind of cool to just see all the different athletes and all the different things that they were doing being highlighted on their team's athletic pages. And it's just based off what you said there, it's like there's a different level of passion. You realize that it's if you really love the game, whatever that game is, whether that's rugby or hockey or for me, Aussie rules football, there's like minded people out there with you. <laughs> so and if, if you're going to be passionate about a team like the Sydney Swans and you're in Salt Lake City, you're going to have to find other people that a know what the AFL is. And B, I just happen to be the, a fan of the same team I am because it's got, you know, 20 something teams in the league. But no, I mean, that's the reason I get in all that crap is me being an Aussie rules fan here in Utah is kind of like me being a hockey fan. I want to say here in Utah, because it's pretty much the same thing. It's not a huge hockey culture here, but it's the same way in England. It's the same way in a lot of these places where you're going to find those passionate fan bases. No, exactly. And I mean, that's I mean, like I said, I I've, I would cannot wait for this pandemic to be over with so you know hopefully get into some of these other even other sports just to go over and just feel that passion of a fan base not to say there isn't passion of these fan bases here but it is different it's a different feeling they they approach it differently it's it's literally like you said it's a culture you know we also have a hockey culture here in north america but it's just it's it's a it's a whole new level and for people who are probably listening to us and going what the heck are these two idiots talking about just look up (laughs) a hockey game in some country you've never heard of before or whatever just look up up like a davos switzerland game and just see the passion in a a davos game look at the khl games half the time you can't even hear the the announcer because the fans are just screaming their heads off and they're having a great time and it's just it's it's just that passion i mean it, it it makes hockey exciting it does and and then actually that brings us to another point before we wrap up this podcast. We will be covering the KHL playoffs on this podcast, so be sure to listen to that. In and English, anyone that doesn't in English. 
in English. We'll be covering it in English because <laughs> if anyone doesn't know, if you actually check out the KHL on YouTube, they actually have an English. If you can check out their website too, they have it all in English, but they have English highlights and Russian highlights. So like I speak a very, I speak very little, very crappy Russian. I'm getting better, but I still need to watch the highlights in English. Yeah, they actually have really great coverage of the KHL on YouTube if you if you go and check it out. I had to really start digging towards the KHL when I didn't know if the NHL was ever coming back. <laughs> so, But I've fallen in love with a lot of KHL jerseys, and I can't wait for that episode too. So <laughs> we do want to pass off our appreciation to you listeners. We definitely have a bunch of uh, routine listeners out there, so we do appreciate you. Always feel free to reach out. We'd love to cover something you want to hear about, so... Let us know, because honestly, I think at this point we might be touching on the NHL like we touch on every other league. I think the diversity of what we cover in this in this hockey podcast is, you know, really what's making us gross. So this is Chris and Sebastian with Pigeon Hockey. Have a great day. And we'll catch you next time.